Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Sean Hansen on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Sean. How you doing this morning? Pretty good. How about you, Steve? I'm hanging in there. You in uh, South Denver? Yeah. Yeah, we're about 20 minutes south of Denver down uh, in Lone Tree. Always love talking to a founder and startup guy, somebody that uh, had the guts to, to try it and get a company going. So looking forward to the conversation and getting into logic integration. But before we go there, um, how about Sean, the person, give us some family stuff where you grew up, mom, dad, siblings, things like that, if you don't mind. Sure. So I actually grew up in California, Northern California. So, okay. uh, between San Jose and Los Gatos area, uh, I went to San Jose, San Jose state university and, uh, was, uh, have a, a bachelor's in sound engineering and a minor in music. So kind of uh -huh. more on the art okay. side. Okay. So I uh, grew up a musician and still a musician to this day. And then after 9-11 happened, we uh, packed up our things and moved to Colorado and wanted to be able to afford a house. Buying a house in Northern California Bay Area is quite difficult, even more difficult now. So that's mm -hmm. how we ended up here in Colorado. How'd you pick Colorado? Well, before we get to that, though, how about mom, dad? What uh, what they do for a living? Any siblings? Sure. So um, grew up mainly with a single mom, uh, parents divorced early on, okay. but my mom remarried, uh, when I was a teenager and, uh, my mom worked for, uh, she was a stay at home mom. And then she also worked for an auto plant, which is now the Tesla plant. Uh, it was called new back then. It was, uh, a, okay. assembly company. And then my dad was in technology and telecom sales. Mm, okay. All right. So they divorced early, but a decent relationship with your dad. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, okay. and stepfather too. I mean, they, they, uh, my stepfather helped raise me and that's, I lived with him and my mom and, and saw my dad, you know, almost every okay. week and still have a great relationship with both. My dad yeah. actually lives in Sweden now. Oh, oh really? Why yeah. Did he do so that? He, he was born and raised in Sweden and he was oh. in the U S for 40 to 50 years worked here and then wanted to retire and move there. I mean, the benefits in, in Europe are phenomenal, right? <laughs> when you're, right. when you're not working anymore, the healthcare system and the benefits and everything are incredible. So, and he's, and he's got family there too. I just had that conversation with somebody. I told him, I'm like, Hey man, I'm 54. So pretty soon I'm just going to move <laughs> over overseas because if you're, if you're like 60 over there, you know, you can just sit around and drink tea all day and chill and you, it's good. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, that is very true. That I mean, you know, obviously you pay for it and the, the taxes of everything when you make purchases and property and all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah. he likes it over there. We we talk weekly and uh he's right. 80 86 now. Ooh, 86. Yeah. And he's still doing all right? Yeah, he's he's still doing still doing good. Right. So I'm I'm okay. 43. I I turned 44 actually this weekend. Woohoo! Happy oh, birthday to me! All right, happy birthday! All right, very good. So, so no brothers, yeah, so no, he, no no siblings. Uh, so siblings, I do have siblings. I they're they're half siblings. Uh, okay. from a, okay. a previous marriage, my mom's married three times. The third marriage, you know, she's on now. Uh, they've been married for a long time. I think almost okay. gosh, thirty years, some thirty okay. something years. Oh oh wow, okay, yeah, great, yeah. So you know, my real dad and mom, we they divorced quite a long time ago. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I like to know some of those things because, you know, sometimes, you know, those situations or where you grew up or how you grew up, it kind of shapes you a little bit. It shapes your personality, mm -hmm. your style, your grit, all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, okay. So when you, you were going to, are you married kids, family now, or? Yep. Married, 
20 years. Uh, we have two kids. We have a daughter, 16, and son who's 14. Oh, two. Oh, man. Oh, you're in the you're in the, you're in the fun stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the daughter looks like my wife and okay. my, my daughter's uh, from or my wife is from Mexico. OK, so my my daughter looks like her and then my son looks like a little Swedish and Danish boy like me. <laughs> uh, that's a nice combo. So Swedish Hispanic combo. I bet that, that I bet they're beautiful children. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. So she's from Mexico. OK, how'd you meet her? So uh, I didn't get to that part. So we my after going through high school and then college and then working and, you know, I things took off pretty quick. I was actually doing what I do now uh, back in the Bay Area. I heard of a, a music group that was touring and they needed a drummer. So a friend of mine in college and my my senior year said, hey, there's this group. They need a drummer for six months. Are you interested? And so well, I auditioned. Well, like, a, like a part-time gig. I mean, not, not like go on the road full-time, but like part-time. Yeah, no, it was go on the road full-time. So oh, I, oh, shit. I actually, okay. Yeah. All right. I actually wow. uh, paused my, my, uh, my schooling, which my parents weren't very excited about. <laughs> like, hey, you're almost done with college, uh, but I'm going to go play music for six months. So I what, did, that. Oh, did you stop classes? So you just stopped. You're like, okay, I'm, yeah, not, going I, this, I'm not going this semester or whatever. I talked to my uh, professors and was able to work out a deal where I could pick up everything, you know, the next year. And wow. I did that. So, all right. So my wife was a singer and I was, oh, a she, was the, she was the singer in the band. I got you. Yeah. Okay, now, now yeah, I'm so with we, you. Okay. Yeah. So we did all that right. and toured all over the U S and, and did uh, basically, you know, top, top 40 top 100 hits really it's oh, kind of a cover like, band um it, right. it it had a it had a like a, a ministry piece to it too we we would actually do these big concerts uh mostly for high school high schools so multiple high schools would get together we'd do these big concerts okay, okay. and assemblies and we would basically you know talk about the impact of drugs and alcohol on your life and, and kind of help kids through you know, the things they struggle with. And then we were available to counsel them after these concerts. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So you also, you weren't just having fun playing music, but you're helping people too. It's good cause. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was oh, not paid. Right. It was a volunteered position, but it was one of the best things I did. I mean, it was incredible. Well, how did you eat if you wasn't paid? I mean, what, how, it, how it was you... done through uh, sponsorships. So corporate okay. sponsors and, okay. and individual okay. donors as well. I see. So they paid for your travel hotel food, but you didn't, you didn't get a paycheck. No, I got you. No, all right. Six six months now. I gotta ask you now. When you first auditioned, did you see your wife like right away? You're like, oh man, she's okay. She There's didn't something. join. She didn't join. Uh, she was the last one to join. We were actually missing oh. one oh. one singer, and she came on really last minute. I think she only had two or three weeks of training before we left and hit the road with the the truck and the van and all that. Mm -hmm. um, were you? Was there was there a vibe right away, or it happened over time? No, it was it was over a month or two. We we actually both had come out of relationships and didn't want to date anybody. Ah, and really yeah, didn't like you. each other at first. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Somehow, some way, uh, that's awesome. We ended that's up liking each other. By the time it was Thanksgiving, I flew her out to California. She was from Michigan, and and uh, introduced her to the family and said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to marry this girl." So <laughs> she she was from Michigan. You mean she was living in Michigan? You said she, she was, was living in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. She moved to the States when she was pretty young, you know, four or five years okay. old. I got you. Now you said faith-based and there's some, there's some things here. You, you sound like a pretty, uh, tight knit guy. So, so you, you didn't know, no, no wild stories in high school and college for you. No, no, uh, no drinking, no drugs. You were at the library every day. You were at service. <laughs> and you were, what's, what's going on, Sean? Did you, is there anything fun in there? No, I, I was, I was, I stayed out of trouble. I really right. did. I, I, I had a lot of friends who did that and kind of watched what they went through and the impact on their life. And I just, All right. I just never but really got into that. You had a beer. You had, you, you drank a beer though. Haven't you? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, okay, I, I okay. drink. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Still. Oh, so you can have a casual cocktail now. Oh yeah. I, I'll, I, if I could take my web camera over to the little bar we have at our house, I, I actually okay. learned right. how to do <laughs> mixology all right. And, and, and during COVID. So my wife got me a book uh, a couple of years ago and then I kind of 
got into it and I've been mixing oh, cool. drinks and making drinks for friends. So yeah, I love it. That's fun. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your favorite bourbon mix to drink? Can you give me one or give me something oh. new I can try? Cause I'm a bourbon guy. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Let me, uh, let's yeah, look I'm... here. So, so I've got an, I've got an old fashioned that I make. Okay. And, What's... uh, let me see. Let me see here. Yeah. Pull this up. And I'm drinking many old fashions. Yeah, tell me what's your what's your what's your key? What's your secret here? Well, so have you heard of Eagle Rare? No. Uh-uh. So Eagle Rare, you can look that up, Google it. That's right. really good. We have we have a friend who likes makers. I, I'm not a big makers fan. Okay. Um, Eagle 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 Rare. I haven't tried it. All right. I definitely will. All right. I'm, I love trying new bourbons. Okay. And then what are you putting in there? So yeah, so we're so uh putting in bitters and Mash okay. sugar cubes and all that kind of stuff. But one of the, one of the cool things I did, I actually learned this from a bartender up in Crested Butte, Colorado. Okay. Is I'll actually torch a cedar plank. Oh torch boy. It, yep. And I'll torch the orange peels. Okay. And then flip the glass. Let the glass sit right after you torch it. Get the smoky flavor in there. <sighs> and then Sounds good. you know mix I've... the drink. You know oh, another great. interesting spin that I've seen is. Uh, people are starting to put uh, carbonation in old fashions. I don't particularly like it, but that seems yeah. to be a trend. Interesting. I haven't seen that either. Um, yeah. Okay. Like so, just you know, you a muddle, little, muddle the just sugar a, and the bitters, uh, and then the the smoked orange peel in there. Okay. Yep. Okay. I will try that for the for the listeners. By the way, yeah. If you haven't if you haven't tried a good old fashioned, I mean, even if you're not even if you're not a, a big drinker, even if you're just a super casual drinker, if you if you get an old fashioned and it's made right, it's really good. Really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Really good. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try that, my friend. I'm gonna try that. Okay, very good. Now, what about your? What about your? You said a son and a daughter. I think uh, they're teenagers. Teenagers always. Teenagers always. Uh, <laughs> teenagers are teenagers. Anything fun? Any any calls from the sheriff's office? Uh, any anything crazy yet? Any. any All right. Some- Well, I don't know if this is really my son's fault. This could be my fault. But right, a couple of years ago, we have some acreage. We live out, out in the country a little bit. And cool. a couple, couple of years ago in the wintertime, my son and I were playing with fireworks left over from 4th of July. All right. You know where this is going. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're playing, doing spinners in the driveway. And he, you know, he wants to put the fireworks and paint cans and watch them go off in there we put a couple on top of a trash can we took our gingerbread house that we had for christmas we had a we all all four of us had gingerbread houses and it's a competition every year who could build the best gingerbread house oh okay that's that's pretty well, we put some fireworks inside the gingerbread houses before we threw them in the trash so uh, the, the fire to burn the you know i see yeah every every <laughs> little boy has a little pyro in them well so one of the fireworks spun off into the grass behind us and we didn't mm. know it. Mm. And so the grass caught on fire and we, we actually didn't know it. We were cleaning up and sweeping and putting all of the fireworks in the trash and kind of, you know, we started walking towards the garage and my, my son yells, dad, dad, the grass is on fire. And I'm like, what? And, you know, turn around. <laughs> it's about 70, 80 feet wide of fire headed towards pine trees. Oh, and it's starting to burn the pine trees and head towards my neighbor's house, which, oh. has, <laughs> which has they have horses right near our fence. And, oh my and they love their horses. And that's <laughs> probably one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. in my I life. can so, only imagine. Yeah, I can only imagine what what feelings you're having and thoughts you're having as you're wide. Like the, those seconds that are going by right there. You're like, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> So we, yeah, we had a, we have a ravine as well. That's full of old trees and leaves and tall grass. I mean, it's just super dangerous. Yeah. And so he and I are trying to put the fire out. How, and how, how, how are you trying to put it out? We grabbed trash cans and buckets and in Colorado, your hoses don't have water in them <laughs> because you have to empty the water out of them or else they crack and freeze. And that's so right. It was we couldn't go run around the house and go get the hoses and hook them up and it just That's right. So yeah, we were putting it out. We grabbed every fire extinguisher we had in the house, and then I yelled mm-hmm. at my other neighbor, and he came over with the fire extinguisher. We were able to put almost all of it out, and by then the fire department had come, and they were going to charge me with arsony. 
<laughs> Whoa. Holy cow. Arsony. Now, now that's, now that's a big deal. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty serious. And so the, Ooh. they actually interviewed the neighbor and of course the neighbor w- was nice enough to say, you know, leave him, leave him alone. He's a good guy. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> oh man. Holy cow. That was a scary. And your wife, let me get your wife is like, what the hell were you doing? So yeah, she came out as well and was and was very oh, sick. She actually had the flu at the time. Mm. This was probably four years ago, actually. Yeah, she had yeah. the flu and she came out. She was in bad shape. She was pretty upset. <laughs> and the uh, the implement, yeah, we just we would have been in big trouble. So uh, we don't do fireworks good. at the Hanson house anymore. That's pretty good one. I love. Let's appreciate you sharing that story. That's pretty good. I. When the cops in the fire department, when they're standing there talking to you and they're saying the words arson, you, your heart rate at that time, you're probably thinking, oh, my God, this is like I might be going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. a rough day. Uh, I was pretty good. I was pretty, pretty good. Me- I was pretty emotionally distraught, too. I mean, that, oh, that yeah. wrecked me. I yeah, I you yeah. actually don't think clearly when you're in that bad of a panic. I actually jumped over our fence. And I did, I couldn't eat, I didn't even, I landed on the ground and I, I don't know. I just was out of it. I was so desperate to put the fire out. <laughs> <laughs> My wife watched me jump over the fence. Is that uh, right? She said, she said uh, it was not with grace. I mean, I, I, I fell pretty hard. <laughs> I was actually pretty sore. I remember. After that. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, well, before we get into the business part, just one more thing on life situations like that you know i did a i did a uh, podcast tip recently that we put out it is really fascinating how one little thing can change your life completely one one turn left one turn right you get in a bad situation you accidentally do something and your 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 life could truly just be turned upside down uh, and I did, did that podcast because I had read a story about a guy that um, was a good good guy, married, kids, great career, executive, had a few too many drinks at a happy hour, got in a wreck, accidentally killed somebody, went to jail, oh went to jail, then got in prison. When he was in prison, he was trying to protect himself, killed somebody while he was in jail because he was trying to protect himself. Now he's charged with murder. Now he's in prison for life. I mean, you know, you just it, it, just one little turn left or right, man, and it, it could just be totally different. And that, you know, that day, who knows? It could have been a lot worse for you. <laughs> yeah. So you shouldn't be encouraging your listeners to drink, Steve. That's that's not that's good. right. <laughs> yeah. Forget everything we said about the uh, old fashioned. Oh, no. OK, let, let's get into it, man. Um, so you wanted to be, you knew that you wanted to be in music, but you were backing that plan up with audio visual skills. It was that kind of the plan for you. You're like, okay, if I don't make it as a, if I don't make it as a rock star in a rock group, I'm going to do audio and visual. Was that, was that the plan? Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I started, my first job was at Sizzler, right? <laughs> I was a cashier. Love it. Love it. Okay. Sizzler. It's that's the place where they make steaks. If everybody doesn't oh boy, know, here that's we go. A, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I worked, by the way, I, by the way, I worked at Sizzler as a dishwasher. So we got that in common. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Go ahead. Cashier. Yeah. What, what, what they, uh, what the cooks taught me at Sizzler, the one thing my big takeaway was what is in shrimp? Oh, I don't if, know that. If, if, if you look at shrimp and you look down the back spine of the shrimp, there's a oh, dark no. bead in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crap. <laughs> it's crap yeah so every time oh i eat shrimp now i think about that and it bothers it's, me oh my god i just went to bonefish grill last night up here in johnstown and loveland and had shrimp had had the uh what is it the bang bang shrimp or whatever they call it yeah. holy cow so i just ate crap last night thank you maybe thank you, not, Sean. some some shrimp is clean but most is not all right so the second job was at office depot and uh, I was a business machine specialist. So I was, I was uh, in charge of the computers and the cell phones, fax machines. Yes, oh. that's old fax machines. 
but the big money maker was selling cell phones. So, you know, the Motorola yep. flip phones and the banana yes. phone and the razor oh. and all those things. The razor. Yep. I think I got, I think I got like 15 or $20 for every cell phone contract I activated. Oh, so I would okay. just crank those things out. But this guy came in and he needed help with computers. He bought a couple of computers and wanted to hook them up. And he owned a home theater company, Los Gatos Home Theater. His name was okay. Joe Paris. All right. And uh, he and I still keep in touch occasionally. He's still out there. Hi, Joe. <laughs> uh, so he, he said, hey, you know, I, I've got computers at my office and I've got a guy and he's having a hard time getting them going and hooking them up to the printers and the network and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is like 19, 1996. 1997 okay. so yep. computers and networking were pretty new i had mm -hmm. a computer at home and played played with it and did music on it and all that <clears throat> so i went over there after hours for a couple of evenings and and fixed them and got them all going and didn't really know what i was doing you know kind of a figure it out scenario mm -hmm. but got it all going and he says hey you know you want to come work here and and be an installer and install all these speakers and stuff and he had speakers in the showroom and a theater and all that i'm like man this would be awesome all so right in los, los gatos california a very affluent neighborhood expensive and so i uh, put in my notice at office depot and went and worked for los gatos home theater ah that's how you started learning how to hook all this stuff up and Plus, you majored in in uh, what was your major in audio visual technology or something like that? Yes, it, it was uh, sound engineering. So, sound, yeah, it's a bachelor right. of arts degree, basically mixing, mixing and recording live and recorded audio. Okay, okay. Yep. Now, did and you have video did, stuff in there too? Okay, so did you have the entrepreneurial bug though early on? Like as you started working for them, were you like, oh yeah, this is cool, but I'm gonna own my own business someday? Walk no. chance. No. Okay. Walk me no, through not it. At all. Yeah. I, Transition I, me into it. <laughs> so growing up and I have lots of photos of my home recording studio. I mean, I had a lot of gear in my bedroom and okay. then even all the way through college, I had okay. Okay. mixing consoles and outboard of processors and racks and speakers. And so I, even when I was a kid, I was always playing with speakers and audio. So I was always into that. Okay. But um, the entrepreneurial side, the only thing I can think of is, you know, when I was younger, I would cut lawns, and clean pools and do landscaping and work with neighbors and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make money um, before I had a real job. So maybe yeah. that's where I got it. My yeah. mom is a very uh, fast paced, sometimes impatient person. <laughs> and I think I got some of that drive from her. Okay. And then the the tech stuff, my dad, I think, gave me that. Right. He, he was always into audio and music and jazz. and He got me my first CD player and my uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> uh, okay, very good. Well, and then what was, what was your first company? Walk me through the, the jump over the river from working from somebody else for your, uh, to yourself. Sure. So, so I, I worked for Lost Guys Home Theater, and then I worked for my boss uh, started his own company. His name was Jeff Crawford. He's really the one who spent a lot of time with me and mentored me, yelled mm. at me, mm. made me crawl under houses and pull wires and <laughs> scrape my head on nails underneath houses and mice and snakes and mice and snakes and, and wasps and bees and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, it was a small little company. I mean, there was only three employees, I think three or four employees. And, and then basically 9-11 happened and, and, you know, we were paying an enormous amount of money for rent in the Bay area. And I had just gotten married. I've been married for a year and my wife and I just really said, you know, this is really not a good place for us to raise a family mm. and we don't want to live in debt the rest of our lives, you know, mm. and buy a, mm. a piece of junk million dollar house. <laughs> so I, we looked around the country and, contacted some companies similar to ours and ended up choosing Colorado. So they flew us out here, interview. And then two months later, we, we moved out here. We had a moving scam happen to us. On a the moving scam. Yeah. They, they, oh. what they do is they take your stuff, hold it hostage until you pay them double what they quoted you. 
Did that affect the company or did that affect you? Who picked This was before move? I started Logic. Yeah. Oh. This affected us personally. Oh my gosh. Uh was it like a mom and pop moving company or I don't remember. It was it was supposed to be through the Mayflower chain, but it, you know, I think it was fake. Wow. Okay. So cool. half the stuff was damaged and we had to you know, shell out another 5 grand and it was it was tough. We had okay. just bought a house and mm, um, mm. so on top of that, we got out here and the company I went and worked for, and I'll, I'll keep their name out of it. They're not in business anymore, but that person does. He started another company and he recently just got thrown out of it. So I don't know what happened, but <laughs> he couldn't afford his payroll. Oh boy. So you're at, okay. <laughs> so you, you, how long did you work there before they laid you off? One week. One week. Oh my gosh. You move out to Colorado. The moving company jams you up. And now all of a sudden you don't have a job and you're going, Holy cow. I don't know if this is a good yeah, idea. It was one or two. It was like, yeah, it was like one or two weeks. It wasn't very long at all. And then the second company I went and worked for, uh, worked, I worked for them for about a year, year and a half. And they were putting in equipment that, uh, that was used and refurbished at okay. new prices. Um, and not telling the customer that it was used. Oh, exactly. Golly. Wow. All right. We'll leave, so, we'll leave their name. If someone wants to dig, they can go on my LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. But, uh, you know, that was tough as an installer being asked to do that. And um, mm -hmm. so Barney Visser, he's the founder and owner of a company called Furniture Row here in, in Colorado. Yeah. They're yes. a very uh -huh. large a furniture mm -hmm. company and mm -hmm. beautiful retail stores. Uh, yes. Our company, Logic Integration, actually does their stores now, funny enough. Oh, okay. How'd you meet it? I, I was at Barney's house and we had just finished the install and we were walking around the house. Very, very nice gentleman. Um, and he, he asked me why some of the speakers weren't working throughout the house. And that was a fork in the road moment. Like you mentioned, Steve, earlier, because yes, I could yes. turn left or right. Yep. I chose right. I said, hey, I said, Barney, I said, the amplifiers that we put in your house were used and some of the uh, channels don't work. They were blown. Wow. And he's like, well, you know, why is that? I don't understand why. And I said, I, I was told to put this stuff in, took them downstairs, showed them the equipment, lifted up the equipment on the bottom and it said refurbished. Big old stickers. Wow. And that was my last day. <laughs> he said, come to work for me. Or, or how did it? Yeah. What he, happened? He, he said, you know what? Thank you for telling me the truth. Um, he's like, you know, you know, Sean, you should go start your own business. You, you, you're really good at what you do and you're honest and, and um, you should go do your own thing. And then I, I actually had another customer. Um, I'll, I'll name them the Fonensteins. They're still our customers to this day. Amazing people. And they, they pushed me and believed in me nice. and uh, convinced me to, to do this. I had a, a whopping $800 in my bank account, my wife and I, I think at the time. <laughs> Remember, we had the moving scam happen and we had just bought a house. So we were, we were definitely a bootstrap startup. And how did you, okay, so for this, and now this is a perfect segue into logic integration. By the way, awesome job doing the right thing. It's amazing what happens with karma if you'll just do the right thing, you know, just, just do the right thing. Be an honest person, communicate, work hard. It's amazing. What can happen if you'll just do yeah. that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got $800 now, how did you decide or how did you decide on the name? And then how did you, uh, fund it? I mean, did you have to, when you're hooking up equipment, all this, do you have to have that equipment? in a warehouse or you're just, you wait for the order, you wait for the customer to order it. Then you get it from the vendor. Walk me through the business model and the name go, go for sure. it. And by the way, and by the way, before you even get started, let me just, for the listeners, it is, it is, um, logicav.net. Logicav.net is, uh, the website logic integration. And also just Sean Hansen can also be found on LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can connect with him there. Um, yeah, so the name and the business model, just give me the overview. Go for it. Yeah, sure. 
So yeah, logic integration. So I, um, I sat in my little, little office trying to figure out a name. And I, I think I found someone online on how to file a business license with the state, which they filed the wrong type of company. I think they put me as a C Corp and I had to redo all that. I mean, I didn't know anything about starting and running a business, but I, so the word logic to me was, I want things to make sense. One of the biggest complaints that I had from customers was why is this so complicated and why can't things just work together easier? Right. So it should be logical. And then the second thing was the word integration in my mind back then was you take lots of complicated things and you make them work together. So that's mm. how I came up with logic integration. And our website actually used to be logicintegration.net. And then it was too long. This <laughs> is too everybody, long. Yeah. Everybody telling everybody, you know, how to spell the email address and the website and this and that. So we'd shorten the domain to logicav.net. Uh, oh, that's why. It, okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. All right. And, and so I, I, um, I had a minivan at the time. Okay. And I, I installed out of the minivan. And, but with your first two customers, the guy who owns Furniture Row and the other one yeah. you mentioned? Yeah. You know, actually, I don't think we did work for, for Barney and Furniture Row at first. It was more some residential customers. How did you get those? I just started calling people. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, man. Hey, Johnny, I'm doing this now. Do you need my service? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it, it. That's what happened. Okay. So, uh, what? And- so, this, so this is my, um, this is my first warehouse. This is our garage. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love that so, right there. See, I love stuff like that. <laughs> I, I told my wife, uh, we're moving your car out of the garage and this is our warehouse. <laughs> oh, I guess. And then th- so good. This, this picture here is my first office. Oh, I love look, it. Look at the dual monitors. You like that? Uh, that is a, that is a nice dual monitor setup. <laughs> so then, then we moved to a storage unit. Ooh, you're moving up in the world. Now you're paying a few hundred bucks a month for a storage unit. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we actually hacked the light, the lighting up in the, each storage unit. We eventually rented two, two 10 by 40s. And we hacked the lighting so we had electricity in there. <laughs> so this is us building all the racking. And we, we uh, broke into the light, the circuits, and, and actually put um, an outlet in there so we could charge our batteries for our drills. <laughs> innovate innovate be creative oh then you invested in some vehicles well that was a big deal so i i sold the minivan and i actually bought a cargo van Mm -hmm. and you know i had like a monthly payment and it was a big deal and that and now uh, this is an interesting question how soon before you bought your second vehicle i'm just curious it was probably six months and that's when you started hiring more employees because now you can now you can do more pro, you know more than one project a day etc. Be in two places exactly. Wow. Okay. And so give us the overview now. Tell us. So if you were going to do an elevator pitch right now on the company as it stands today, like the three minute elevator pitch about logic integration, boom, give it to me. Three minutes? That's a long elevator pitch. Most people okay, well, fall asleep how, by then. How about a, how about a minute? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Logic Integration is uh, a company that does audiovisual systems and automation. So on the commercial side, so we have two divisions, commercial and residential. On the commercial side, we do um, a lot of training rooms, conference rooms, meeting rooms, uh, NOC, a network operation center. So call center where you see all the video screens and they have data on the video screens. Okay. So we, we build all those video screens and video walls and um, put in processing behind all that to move around data. So if there's an emergency somewhere, they can blow up the data. And then in the meeting spaces, we basically take a room and make it so that you can come in and use Zoom and Teams. And so we do the TV and the sound and the microphone. We kind of automate all that and make it easy to use. So if, if you and I were going to go into a meeting space and have a meeting, we could plug in our laptop and really not have to deal with any of the tech stuff. It just mm, turns perfect. the TV on, automatically has the sound, the video, really makes it easier for IT staff to manage multiple conference rooms. And then, mm, of course, we tie mm. them together and do all that. And then on the residential side, I think I have maybe 25 seconds left. 
<laughs> we do smart home technology. So back in the day, if you watched MTV Cribs and they grabbed their touchscreen remote and they're okay. like controlling the shades and the yeah. lights, turning on the music, that's what we do. Security too, security, security cameras too, or just or just security, yep, stuff. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we kind of take all those things. Remember the company logic integration. We tie them all together into one app. Hmm. So two of the biggest hmm. companies we work with are Control Four and Crestron. So those are the two largest home automation companies, really, in the world. Is that so? That's the software that you use. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I see. That's exactly. the that's the that's the software. And then do you have various vendors for the hardware? I guess so, huh? We do, yeah. Yep. Okay. So this this is this is a uh, Crestron okay. on my phone, and you can see my house. I can open the shades. Gotcha. Now uh-huh. you don't. That's not your. That's not your patented technology. You're partnering with not. that software. Okay. No, okay. I, I, if it was my patented technology, I would be doing this call from a beach. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So you you're the guy who says, look, I can take care of all this for you. I have a relationship with a software vendor. I have relationships with the hardware vendors. I can put those two together, put it in your house, put it in your conference room, make it all work. That's exactly, that's the service. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and this okay. is this is what the uh get rid of the glare there. So this is what the control four interface looks like. So you can gotcha. see I can listen to music, I can I can watch TV adjust the temperature mm, mm, all that kind not, of stuff that's what people nice. want a lot of people have you know six or eight apps to control their home that's pretty typical right mm, now what what percentage of your business is commercial versus residential we're about 70 30 um that's that's uh residential is definitely growing we we may end up 60 40 this year 60 percent commercial 40 percent residential i i think residential is gonna i think that's yeah i think that's where you're going to continue to see growth because People are home. The more, the more affordable it gets, it'll become more like, you know, just like everybody has a microwave pretty soon, everybody's going to have, yeah, the, the, all this other technology that you're putting in. I think that'll become more and more and more common for sure. Yeah. Um, I see that. I see that growing. Uh, okay. Very good. How big is it? Could you mind sharing? I don't know. Like maybe, I don't know, employee count. I don't know. if I know it's a private company, so I don't know if you want to share revenue, but just a general idea of how big you are. Yeah, so we're we're about 30 uh, employees, and then wow. we have nice. between 10 and 20 subcontractors that we use okay. uh, for various things, wiring, some install, okay. uh, engineering, programming, things like that. So yeah, we're not Just we're ca- not that big. We have a pretty big footprint. Uh, we have some some great resume stuffer client names that mm-hmm. we work for. I think we've mm-hmm. found a lot of people, a lot of larger entities want to work with us being smaller because we're more flexible and nimble mm. and they get to know our staff. So when they call mm-hmm. support, they know who they're talking to. They typically will get the same technicians out on site. Mm. So we do compete against, against yeah. a lot of, you know, 50, hundred, $200 million companies quite often. You know, that's tough to do, but you're, you're growing. Is it, is it growing every year? And were you, were you up? Are you up this year over last year? Things like that? We are not. So we actually, our commercial business uh, did go down and our residential did go up, but we will, we will be uh, a little lower in top line revenue this year. Okay. But what we're trying to focus on is profitability and mm. reoccurring revenue. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is getting better. Um, okay. What's yeah. Your, I mean, last year, last year we did just about 7 million and I think we'll probably end up at six, 6.3, maybe this year. Six hey, I mean, that's a, that, that's a big deal, man. You got a six, $7 million business with 30 employees. That's, that's a, that's a major accomplishment. Congratulations. Uh, congr- and, and your, your invent, you got, I guess you got some inventory. You got some inventory, you got your vehicles, I guess. And then you got the, you got an office, you got a big warehouse now. Yeah. Yeah. We have, yeah. so we're down in Lone Tree. We have a 10,000 square foot facility. Okay. Uh, with warehouse, uh, some meeting spaces, training room, bunch of offices, nice break area nice. you're still running the day-to-day as the ceo you're still having your your running oh, yeah. the show okay is your yeah, wife I, involved? i've got a yeah. yeah she is she does a lot of the culture and recruiting so she's really okay, okay. Her, her job really is the people um ah. so i i i won't i don't run the entire company myself i have a, a great management team okay that helps support me i i can't do everything 
I'm feeling old and tired already. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that gets that gets worse, my friend. Trust me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, I was just telling my 30 year old son the other day. I said, "Man, I'm 54, and I just, I just don't have the same juice I used to. I mean, I can still, I can still grind, but not like I could when I was 30." <laughs> um, let me ask you this: uh, You know, Rider Flex, we're a recruiting firm, so we deal with hiring and candidates and stuff all day long for a living on our in our regular job be on the podcast uh, i'm curious have you had any problems because of this quote great resignation and everybody's short-staffed and you know all this stuff you see in the press have you had any problems with uh, are you guys having problems keeping people are you having heavy turnover what are you seeing in your business based uh, compared to what we're seeing in the news sure that's a really good question so we have not had a lot of uh folks resign I'm, I'm very proud of that. And, you know, we, we, it's hard to keep up with inflation and cost of living right now. It's, I think it was Mm -hmm. six, six and a half percent this year, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, or maybe it was even just the past six months. It it rose quite a bit and it's going to continue to rise with, yes, with everything increasing and going up Yes. yes, in next year. So we're, that's a big challenge for us. And looking at the budget, if we don't grow our top line revenue, how do we increase the bottom line revenue, but we retain our people. So it's a really big challenge, but we've actually been able to retain most of our people That's you know, great. through the past two year, two, three years. And I, I would hand that to my wife. I mean, she, she really does a good job <clears throat> engaging people. And we have, as a company are really trying to listen to everybody and not have this big pyramid management structure mm. You know, my office store is always open and, and so is the management team. We have phenomenal and excellent project managers and we have a killer service manager. And we, you know, we've got a few employees that have been there um, eight or nine years that have really, really seen the, the worst because about four or five years ago, we did have a lot of turnover. I think we turned over 60% of our staff in two years. Oh, really? What was oh, yeah. the, what was the, what was the challenge then? Growth. Uh, just mm. you know the 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 eight to ten person company vibe changes when you get to 20 and 25 and mm-hmm. you know processes and infrastructure and software platforms and and burnout i mean it, it was tough and and you know we took on too much work and took on some bad projects mm-hmm. which was not a good idea we we were uh, getting referred more and more to projects that no one wanted and so we would come in and, and try to fix other companies' stuff, whether they had gone out of business or they couldn't finish the job. So it was rough. We, and we lost some money. Not some money. We mm. lost a lot of money those two years. You know, what you just said there, that story you just shared ties right into your goal this year. Because you basically said earlier, said, look, you said, look, I'm focused on good clients and profitability and a stable situation. Uh, you didn't say those words, but that's kind of what you were saying. Like, I, I don't have to be up 40% to count that as a success. I want to run yeah. a good, I want to run a good company where we're doing good projects and we're working for good clients and my team's happy and we're profitable. Right. I mean, that, that is a great tip for the listeners. I think we should just take a deep breath right there for the listeners. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're, if you're in a startup or, or you're running a small business, I would encourage you based on my own experience and based on what Sean is saying, it's not just about the growth, right? Just because you're up 30% doesn't mean you're going to be happier. doesn't mean your people are going to be happier. doesn't mean you're going to be more profitable. And what happens a lot of times is exactly what Sean just described. You start grabbing everything that comes your way, right? Every project that comes your way or projects that other companies didn't want i've done this i've done the exact same thing at rider flex we have done the exact same thing we've taken on recruiting assignments that we probably shouldn't have because i knew when we talked to the client that it was going to be bad i knew the client was an asshole after the first 10 minutes and i told <laughs> tell my partner i'm like i don't think we should you know that we probably shouldn't do this one but you know it's it's this much money so let's go ahead and do it it's just never worth it it's it's really at the end of the day growth doesn't make you happy. You got to grow in a, in a, in a, in an intelligent way. And so I just wanted to kind of emphasize what you were saying right there. I think that's really, really important. 
don't get caught up in just taking every piece of business that comes your way if you run a service business because it's not it's not wise. And you're gonna you, then you'll take off then you'll start choking right. You'll start biting off more than you can chew. Then you start screwing up projects. Then you got unhappy clients. <laughs> yeah, it's you know I think it was so our our VP of sales Tyler I think he said it to me a few weeks ago. We were at a trade show. I think it was him who said this. You know, top line growth is ego. Yeah. It, yes. It's, you know, we, we have a Forbes 500, 100 list kind of thing in our industry. Uh, and every year, um, my buddies and I were, you know, who's number 30 and who's number 28 and who's number 26 <laughs> in the nation. It's like, we love it. We yeah, love right. giving each other crap every year, you know, when one person jumps over the other and all that. But the thing they don't put in there is what's <laughs> on the bottom line. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. You're so right, my friend. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you do podcast uh, studio setup? Is, is that part of your business? No, no we don't. We, Why not? You know, occasionally Every- we get asked advice on that stuff. So we, you know, we do pro audio and video and that kind of stuff. It's more of in a conference training room. You know, mm. a lot of, a lot of companies are asking us to do town hall streams. So oh. CEO gets in a room maybe the room's not full. Maybe he has half, half employees there, half at home. And yeah. we'll put up multiple cameras that, that are PTZ cameras and, and, you know, they can do high quality broadcasting. So we do mm-hmm. that. Okay. Okay. But you know, it's a, a home setup is DIY. Usually. I mean, you can okay. do pretty good with okay. DIY Amazon. Oh. Yeah. And, I, know, got, I mean, yeah. Yeah. When, I mean, when, I, when I'm we're doing, doing I'm... a room like that, it's, it, it can be pricey. It could be 50 to hundred K. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's out of my, that's out of my range. (laughs) I'll just stick with the little simple setup I have. (laughs) Uh, Okay. How about this? We're moving closer to the back end here. A couple of, if you wanted to say a couple of uh, things to an aspiring entrepreneur that's listening, if you wanted to give a couple of pieces of advice, somebody that's thinking about taking the leap and starting their own business, anything you want to share? Don't do it. That's my, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) uh it'll it'll be the most fun and the most challenging thing you'll ever do in your life it it, you know i'm sure there are some exceptions but it it is not easy it's uh it's not everybody else does the work and you do nothing It, it you put yourself last you put others first you're the one who works the most hours you're the first one not to get a paycheck yeah. And uh, it's a it's a very humble leadership position. Mm. I think you said that really well. It is the most fun, but the most scary and stressful. It is. It is that weird combo, right? Like I there are so many days where I call, my co-founder and I will talk about how awesome it is that we're running our own company. And, you know, if I want to go up to the mountains on Friday. I don't, I don't have to ask anybody, you know, I just go. Right. But at the same time, I'm the one waking up at 3 AM in a cold sweat because, you know, the, we lost a client one week and now I'm worried about cash flow. I mean, it, it's both, you, you have both. And so it's so true. You got to And you got to be able to handle that emotionally and mentally. Uh, you got to be able to handle those swings. If you can't, uh, you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's hard. You, uh, you're never, you're, it doesn't go away. It's always on no. your mind. You could be That's at the right. remote, most remote place in the entire world. <laughs> and that little business thing is there. It just never goes away. The, so the worry, the, whatever yes. your payroll is, the, yeah, you know, losing, losing a client or losing a really good employee is those are the two things that really get me. I, yep. Yep. I don't like when people quit me or leave the company. Yeah. I treasure people so much that work for us. And it's hard with busyness to try and really appreciate them and spend time with them. That's mm-hmm. that's a t- tough challenge. And the, you know, this, this is a resource. Profit first. Okay. Yep. What's the, who, who's the author? Uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to hack the last name. Okay. I can't see it, but okay. We'll get, they'll get it on video. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, so, for- 
so the thing that I wish for an entrepreneur, I wish I would have done is um, <clears throat> my wife and I took a, a class from Dave Ramsey okay, called Financial Peace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we got married and the movie scam and moved and bought a house and all that, we racked up a lot of debt and we really didn't know what we were doing. I never was trained by my parents, unfortunately, how to handle my finances very well. And I, I didn't really get it until six, eight years into our marriage. Okay. And I would say the same for your business. You know, if you can, whatever the situation, save money and stash money and always put the profit first, like the book talks about. I wish I would have done that a long time ago because it's harder to do when you're a bigger company. It's a big mm. machine and it never stops. <laughs> uh, last uh, question, my friend. Um, if you could define your core purpose in life right now, if you could put that into a sentence, what would it sound like? One of our core values as a company is to embrace the talents and gifts of our employees. Okay. And so I love watching people, you know, we, we have a person who used to be our front desk person. Her name's Gail and she would clean our offices on the weekends. Mm. And now she's moved up and manages all our purchasing and procurement. And she, I think she purchases over three, $3 million dealer cost of product a year. And, and I love seeing that. Like I love that. someone yep. who, who grows yep. into a position and is good at it. That that's, that's one of the reasons I get up out of it. The second reason is I love seeing a system that's done and a customer that's really happy and excited mm. about that. System. I, I appreciate you sharing that employee story. It is so true. That is, it feels really special. Sometimes it feels better, right? It feels better than the, than the sales and the profits, right? I, you know, when you can grow somebody like that, and, and when you get older and you get to be 65 years old and you're relaxing somewhere, that's what you're going to remember. You're going to remember those stories like that, employees like that. Appreciate you sharing it, Sean. Thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me.